And it's good when the Lord's in the house. Amen. Man, it feels good today. The Lord is with us today. Let's, can, we give, can we give all the fathers a, a round of applause? And Yeah, come on. Amen. The ones that deserve it and the ones that don't, give it to them anyway. Amen. Amen. And all the men said, nobody's perfect, right? Amen. Amen. John 21, while the choir is finding their place, I want to hurry up and dive into this thing because I, I got a lot of information I want to share. And uh, I don't usually share this much information, but it all ties together and it all makes sense in the end. And uh, it, 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 all, it, all, it, it all fits. It all fits. That's all I'm going to say. It all fits, and, and we need it all. So, so let's, let's look at this in John 21 and in verse number 18. Verse number 18. Let me set, this, let me, let me set the table. Uh, we, are, we are at, this is after the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Jesus is uh, on the shore. He's on the shore with his disciples after they said they were going back fishing. And you remember, and, and, and they caught nothing, fished all night, caught nothing. On the, in the morning, Jesus says, cast your net on the other side, blah, blah, blah. And they caught up fish, and oh, it's Jesus. And they go to shore, and, and, and Jesus has confronted Peter. You remember? He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? All three times. All three times he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my land, feed my sheep. Say amen. amen. Okay. Now, I'm doing the fast forward version. Amen. Now, he has is, he is just given him instruction. He's just given him instruction on, on his responsibilities. But now, what we're fixing to read, he's fixing to tell him what's going to happen to him at the end of his life. In other words, he's going to tell how he dies and how, how, how the end of his life is going to be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'd want to know. Say amen. I'm just, but he tells him. He tells him, and then this is, this is where we're at, all right? Verse number 18, if you're there, say amen. amen. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. In other words, you went where you wanted to go. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. That's in reference to his arrest. And, and, and he's going to be crucified too, uh, some tradition says upside down. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, say it with me. Follow me. Everybody say it. Follow me. Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciples. So here's what's happening. He gave him instructions on his responsibilities. Then he told him how he was going to die. Jesus starts going and he says, hey, just follow me. Just follow me. So he's following him and he hears something behind him. He hears something behind him. He turns to see what it is. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. We know this is John. Following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Now, what? let me translate that. <clears throat> He just gets his instructions. He, he just is informed how he's going to die. In other words, what God has got planned for his life. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. He turns around and sees John and he says, well, what about him? Come on, say it with me. What about him? Now, how many of you in your life, and don't tell no lie, you'll get diarrhea and indigestion after the service. That's bad. <clears throat> you have looked at situations in your life and looked at other situations and asked the Lord, maybe not consciously, but in the back of your head, well, do I have a witness? Yeah. All right. Let's see what Jesus' response is. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Now watch what he says. Next three words. What did he say in verse 19? What was the first thing he told Peter? Now what's he telling him? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. 
Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. Please help us get this. Help me get this. Help me understand this and comprehend this. Lord, help me to deliver your word in such a way that everybody here gets it. Lord, we're going to deal with the greatest thief of joy there is. I pray that your perfect will be done. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. Thank you for already meeting with us. Thank you for your presence already being here. Lord, it has been good already to be in the house of the Lord. Now bless and teach and, and build us today. Edify us so that we can glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me, let me give you an outline. And, and, and I'm going to give you some stuff quick. And, and, and that'll set the table for the rest of the outline, all right? First, we have an instruction. We have an instruction. We're, really, the three main points are going to be this. Instruction, there's an instruction. Uh, uh, number two, there's a, there's a temptation. And then number three, there's a conclusion. A, an instruction, a temptation, and a conclusion. So let's deal with the instruction. What is it? And by the way, I'm going to give you something to write. If, if you put... And instruction. And then right beside it, write this. And in each one, I'm going to give you something to write beside. So beside the instruction, what is the instruction? Follow me. Say it with me. He gave Peter a responsibility, and that responsibility was to follow him. Follow him. How many of you in this room know that we all have the same instruction? That is to follow him. He told Matthew when he was seated at the, the seat of customs or the tax table, he said, follow me. Peter, or Matthew got up and followed him. He told the disciples, I will make you to be fishers of men. Come and follow me. He told every disciple, that's me and you in this room today, and let to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. We all have that same responsibility. If, if you believe in the law of first mention, the first mention that Jesus tells all of his disciples is this, follow me. He invites you to follow him. He commands you to follow him. Our primary responsibility, our primary objective in the Christian life is to follow him. How many of y'all would agree with that? Say amen. 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 Steve, you look great in that tie. Amen. All right. Listen. Follow him. What does it mean to follow him? Write these three things down. And just, we'll, we'll just do this quick uh, because this is going to kind of set the table for the rest of this. What, what does it mean to follow him? Three things I want you to write down. First, there's a looking. <clears throat> Go ahead, write it down. A looking. Now, where do we get this? The Bible says in Hebrews, the Bible says in Hebrews that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So we should lay aside every weight and the sin with this so easily beset us so that we can run the race with patience, right? And what are we doing while we're running the race? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. How, how many of y'all have followed somebody in traffic? How many of y'all were going to a destination? You didn't know where the destination was, but they knew where the destination was and they were driving like Mario Andretti. And you tell everybody in the car, hey, keep your eyes on the grace of Dan. Right? Because they're going in and out of traffic. You don't know where it's at. Keep your eye on them. You can't follow them unless you are looking. You got to keep your eyes on them. You got to, if you don't keep your eyes on them, you're not going to see where they turn. You're not going to see where they go. Does this make sense? This is really not rocket science. It's easy to understand. There has to be a looking. If you're going to follow anybody, you got to look. Jesus says, looking unto Jesus. Follow me. you got to look at Jesus. Keep your eyes on, on Jesus. There's got to be a learning. Write that down. <clears throat> Write that down. There's got to be a learning. What did Jesus say? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and what's he say? Learn of, learn of me. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to do what he does, right? It means to do what he did. So what are we going to do? We're going to look, and while we are looking, be we are learning. Does this make sense? This is not rocket science, is it? It's really easy. What did the disciples do? They followed Jesus. They looked at Jesus. They, they, they paid attention to Jesus. And so they did what he did. They prayed like he prayed. They served like he served. They, are y'all with me? Amen. 
How are we going to be Christ-like if we don't know what Christ was like? And how are we going to know what Christ is like if we don't keep our eyes on Christ? Amen? He said, learn of me. Do what I do. Say what I said. Be like I was. Amen? Let this mind be in you, which means way of thinking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Right? So following him means A, what does it mean? Looking. B, it means now here's the key. Here's the key. See? It means leaning. Leaning. Where am I getting that? Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Watch this. And he shall... You get this? See how this is all just tying together so neatly like a bud? <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? This is huge, guys. This is huge. I'm not even really to the main part of the message, but this is kind of this is kind of the appetizer. Right? Yeah. The hors d'oeuvre. Say amen. <laughs> if you don't trust where he's leading you, you will cease to follow him. If you don't trust him, you say, why, why do you know that? Because I know sometimes he will lead you through some dark places. He will lead you up high, steep mountains. He will lead you by deep, dark valleys. He will lead you. That's why he says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on what makes sense to you. Don't lean on what you can figure out because you have to live by faith and not by sight. There'll be times in your life when your sight will betray you. Your sight and your understanding will say it's impossible. But God said with me, there's nothing impossible. And you got to believe and trust and know that God knows best. God knows what he's doing. He is leading the way. And wherever he leads, it may look scary. It may look impossible. But he knows what he's doing. Somebody say amen. Follow me. Follow me. Following Jesus requires looking Listen, following Jesus requires learning. Following Jesus requires leaning. Does this all make sense? Say amen. How many of y'all know some of the things Jesus did didn't make sense? How many of y'all know some of the places he's led you in your life sure didn't make sense? When I told Tammy we was going to Alabama, she says, what? But now you couldn't peel her away from this place. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now we're starting. We're going to get into the message now. All right. The instruction was, come on, follow me. Here's the temptation. Here's the temptation. Right beside, you remember I said, instruction, follow me. Temptation, lose focus. Lose focus. The Bible says, Jesus told Peter, follow me. Peter gets up to follow him. He is following him and he hears something and he turns about. Now, turning about messed up point A. Who are we to be looking unto? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The moment. The moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you're headed for failure. What happened? In this moment, in this moment, Peter lost focus. And by the way, by the way, Nicky Joe, that wasn't the first time he'd done it. Do you realize there was two other times that Peter lost focus? And he took his eyes off Jesus? Let me give them to you real quick. Let me give them to you real quick. The three times, and this is, you can put A, B, and C under this if you want to. And there was three consequences. There was three times that he took his eyes off Jesus, and there was three consequences. There was three things he lost 
There was three things he lost when he lost focus. And by the way, we'll all lose these three things if we take our eyes off Jesus. The first time, the first time was when he was in the, the ship with Jesus, when Jesus said, listen, cast off into the deep. Let me invite you for a draw. You remember? When he asked him, let me get in your boat because I'm teaching and they crowded me and everything. And, and they, So he got into Peter's boat. They went off a little bit. He taught the lesson. After the lesson, he told Peter, hey, go on out deep and, and, and we'll get some fish. And Peter said, we fished all night long and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, right? Throw the net out. There were so many fish in there, he had to get help. I can't relate to that. Amen. He had to call all his buddies. Hey, come out and help. Come out and help. And this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Listen, in that, in that, that point, it says, when he looked on this. And it says, literally, he saw himself. He took his eyes off Jesus. Now, now I don't know if you understand the fishing culture. I don't know if you understand the fishing culture, but if you're a fisherman, if you're a fisherman, I, I don't care. I don't care how long you fish. I don't care how many big fish you've caught. If you catch a decent-sized fish, when that fish gets in the boat, you are high-fiving everybody, even if you're by yourself. Do I have a witness, fisherman? When you get that, when you get that nibble, whoo, and you're fighting them, and they get to the boat, and you actually get them in, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Do I have a witness? There's joy. And can you imagine the joy in all of these people? All of the friends. Look at the fish, man. The net's breaking. There's so many fish. Get them in. This is awesome. I remember one time, <clears throat> I shouldn't have missed this while I'm preaching. <clears throat> I grew up on, on the ocean, so we saw water fish a lot. And there was a time me and dad, there was a place called the Bowls. It was at the nuclear power plant, and they would bring in water. They'd bring in water from the, the intercoastal waterway, the Indian River, and they'd pump it through, you know, the, the, the power plant to cool off the reactors, and then they'd, they'd pump it back out into the ocean. So warm water was coming out in the ocean, and it attracted fish, all kind of fish. Unbelievable. They may have been glowing in the dark. I don't know, but they were there. Amen. <laughs> and we were fishing one day, and, and, and I ain't going to tell you the whole story, but it's a great story. I wish I had time to tell you the whole story, but, man, we caught some permit, and it's a type of fish. It kind of looks like a pompano, really great-tasting fish, huge permit. I mean, per and, man, we was dragging them in. And, and, and I, I was looking at the books, and the book said a limit was two, and we done had about eight. <clears throat> And it was, just, it was just me and dad. And, and, and I said, Dad, uh, I, I just seen the limit. And the limit, the limit says, too, we got, we got about eight. He said, keep catching them. We've been out here so many times, caught nothing. I'll pay the fine. <laughs> He's still working on me. Make me what I want. Son, we had a big time. We was catching fish. Now, this is a point and a place where Peter should have been full of joy. Look at all the blessing. But the Bible says he saw himself. And this is what he said. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. What did he do? He took his eyes off Jesus and looked at himself. You know what happens in life when we take our eyes off Jesus? When we look at Jesus, we see a conqueror. When we look at Jesus, we see a provider. When we look at Jesus, we see a great friend. When we look at Jesus, we see a great king and a great God. But when we look at ourselves, all we're going to find is weakness. All we're going to find is frailty. All, the, all that we're going to see is mistakes. Let me tell you something. Get your eyes off you. You're pitiful. Don't focus on yourself. You're pitiful. Paul said, I have no, no confidence in the flesh whatsoever. I'm not going to focus on me because all I see when I see me is weakness and frailty. But if I keep my eyes on Jesus, I know everything's going to be all right. You see, when he got his eyes on himself, he lost his joy. He lost his joy. Then he took his eyes off of him. Remember, remember when they was in the storm? 
So he took his eyes off of him in the ship. Now he takes his eyes off of him in the storm. Remember when he said, let me walk on the water with you? How many of y'all remember? Come on, get with me. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I'm going places. He's walking on, the shore, walking on the sea. He's walking on the sea coming to Jesus. And the Bible says the waves come up and, and he takes his eyes off Jesus. And he loses focus for a moment. And he looks at the sea. And he begins to be afraid. And he begins to sink. When he took his eyes off Jesus the first time, he lost his joy. When he took his eyes off Jesus the second time, he lost his peace. Yeah, come on guys, y'all getting quiet now. How many times do we look at our circumstances and we look at the storms around us and we take our eyes off Jesus just for a moment and we look at our bills, we look at our circumstances, we look at our issues and we look at our problems and all of a sudden our peace is gone. Well, I got good news for you. Jesus is still in the storm. The problem is, is you're not looking at him. You're looking at your storm. What's that song y'all do, Jalen? Tell, tell your problem how big your God is. That's right. Don't lose focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus because the moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you'll lose your joy. You'll lose your peace. And this is the third time on this shore. All right, you told me what I'm going to do. You told me what my life is going to be like. Watch this now. Stay with me because this is really where it starts right here. This is really where it starts. This is really the message. But you got to have the other stuff to understand this. You told me your plan for my life, but what about? He took his eyes off Jesus. He took his eyes off from following Jesus. And he started looking at somebody else. And he lost his contentment. He lost his joy. He lost his peace. And he lost his contentment. What about him? What about him? What do you got planned for him? I know what you got planned for me, but what you got planned for him? Let me give you an illustration. I've got a garden. I don't know why y'all laughing. I'm serious. It's a real deal. I got purple hole peas, zipper peas. I've got tomato plants. Five different kinds of flavors. I've got corn that the crows ate half of. I'm still bitter about And if my daughter didn't live up the pasture from me, I'd have killed every one of them, but I was afraid the shot would have hit the trailer. <laughs> the other day I walked out there, and I was so proud of it. Y'all know the look of the garden when you just get through tilling and the weeds are gone and all you can see is your product of your labor. And I looked at two little tomato plants. Squash was about this high. And it had the cutest little tomatoes. I said, Timmy, come out here. I want you to see this. And reluctantly, she did. <clears throat> she comes out and inspects everything. Okay. I'm excited. Jalen, can you imagine? Just, just, it was so, it just, I was, I was happy with my garden. I had joy, peace. I was content with my garden. But I needed some cucumbers. <clears throat> my cucumber seeds went bad, and I was going to plant some cucumbers. And I talked to my, my coon hunting buddy, Will. <clears throat> he said, yeah, he's got a hot house. He said, yeah, come on over. I got some Cucumber plants for you, just come right on over. I said, all right, I'll be over in just a minute. So I, I leave my garden that I'm happy with. <laughs> that I have contentment in my soul. I even took a video of it. <clears throat> and I pulled up in the wheel's yard. <clears throat> And 
tomato plants this high. <laughs> Peas this big around that high is from here to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> he said, go on out there and get you a mess of squash and cucumbers. So I went out and got a bucket full, five-gallon bucket full of squash and cucumbers, come home <clears throat> and getting them out the truck. Tammy didn't know I went over there. <clears throat> she said, where'd you get them? I said, I've just been working in the garden. <clears throat> and y'all know what she said? You lying! Let me tell y'all something. <clears throat> I was happy with my garden. I was content with my garden. I had joy. I was videoing it, taking pictures, sending it out. Until I saw somebody else's garden. I lost my peace. I lost my joy. And I started thinking, my tomatoes ain't like his tomatoes. We were standing there. We were standing there. And I said, I got peas too. He said, really? I said, yeah, but not like them. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We're born in a single wide. We're raised in a single wide. We have happiness in a single wide. Then we go to school and meet a kid that's in a double wide. We're happy in the double wide. We're born in the double wide. We're raised in it. We have great times in the double wide. We go to school and we meet a kid in a house. And then we go into that comparison. Let me, let me tell you why I said that other stuff. That looking and that, that learning and that leaning. What happens is, is we go to thinking, well, what, what? And we stop trusting God that God has a great plan for our life. Amen. Now watch how this works. <clears throat> watch how this works. Joe, help me a minute. All right, you're going to be Jesus. <clears throat> Do what you can. Amen. Do what you can. Look sharp. All right. This is Jesus. And Jesus tells all of us to what? Follow him. Amen. Say it with me. Follow me. All right. Now, now, now Jesus is going to take a left at the, at, the, at the aisle right there, okay? All right. Now, as Jesus is going, my responsibility is to follow him. In order to follow him, I got to look. But see, as soon as I get distracted and look at somebody else, And, and, and now watch this. Now watch this. Jesus is going to lead me to what's best for my life. Jesus knows me. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every desire in my heart. He knows what will make me happy. He knows what will make me sad. He knows what will bring peace and contentment to my soul. So he's going to lead me there. But the moment we take our eyes off Jesus onto somebody else and we start thinking, I want what they have. I want what they have. I want what they have. We're going to miss the direction and we're going to lose ourselves. Because see, what's going to happen is you're going to get what you want, but you're going to find out you don't want what you got. Yeah. Oh, if I just had her, she's crazy as the one you got now. <laughs> That's right. And now you're paying for two of them. <laughs> oh, if I just had him, he's sorry too. Oh, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but what you don't realize is over the septic tank. Amen. 
There is no families without problems. There is no perfect situations. There's no perfect relationships. There's no such thing. I've told you before a thousand times, they may be Ken and Barbie at church, but they're Bonnie and Clyde at home. Quit comparing yourself. Quit comparing your spouses. Quit comparing your relationships. Quit comparing your ministries. It doesn't matter if God blesses somebody down there. Somebody say amen. Because the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose your joy. You're going to lose your peace. You're going to lose your contentment. That's right. Let me give you number three before I lose this crowd. Amen. What was number one? We have an instruction. That instruction is to follow Jesus. Amen. Follow Him. He says, follow me. Number two, there's a temptation. What is a temptation to? Lose focus. As soon as you lose focus, as soon as you take your eyes off Jesus, as soon as you start looking at other people's pastors, other people's houses, other people's cars, other people's situations, you're going to lose peace, you're going to lose joy, and you're going to lose contentment. Let me give you number three. What is the conclusion? What is the conclusion? He said, if I will... That he tarried. Now remember, he just said the way he was going to die, the way Peter was going to leave this world, the way he was going to die. And now he says, well, what about? Come on, what about? And Jesus said, hey, if I will that he live till I come. Now that's not what's going to happen. He's just putting a scenario out there. He says, if I want such and such for his life, what is that to? What is the conclusion? What is the conclusion? Write this down in big, bold letters. Mind my own business. Mind, yeah, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. Mind my own business. Jesus is telling Peter, whatever I do with somebody else is none of your What is his business? Follow me. Follow me. Whatever I've got planned for somebody else is none of your business. Whatever I have designed for somebody else is none of your business. Your business is to follow me. And in following him, the first step of following him is... So our business is to keep our eyes on Jesus. It blows my mind. Y'all probably don't have this because you don't have a lot of preachers on your page, but it blows my mind the amount of preachers that get up every week and preach against every other ministry. They're trying to mow everybody else's grass but their own. You know why I don't do that? Because I never get through mowing my grass. I got enough problems. They're always preaching on what this one ain't doing right, what this church ought to be doing, what blah, 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 blah. Good night in the morning. And I see people posting all the time. Let me give y'all a little, let me give y'all a little heads up. Let me give y'all a little heads up. Do y'all realize you can post anything you want on Facebook? And the life that most people are posting on there is fake. So you're seeing stuff in their life and you wish you was like them and they ain't even got what they're posting. So you're jealous of a mirage. And you're envious of something that's fake. And the devil's laughing. The devil's laughing because you're comparing yourself to somebody else. You've taken your eyes off Jesus. You're not looking at the direction that he is leading you. You're not. You cannot enjoy your party if you keep looking at somebody else. Put two things right here. This includes prosperity and includes vengeance. 
vengeance. And I'm gonna pr- I'll show you what I'm talking about. Turn with me to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Turn quickly, quickly, quickly. Psalm 73. By the way, some of you have come in here mad at somebody else. And you sat in this building and you stewed the whole time when you should have been giving glory to God. And, and, and what you don't realize, what you don't realize is here's what you've lost out on. You've lost out on giving God glory and so you've stolen glory from God. The whole time you sat here and stewed over whatever it was you stewing on, whether somebody did you wrong, or whether this, you don't like this that happened, blah, blah, blah. You sat there and had an attitude the whole service. Why you should have been praising God, why you should have been glorifying God. This is about Him, not about you, and you should have been bringing Him all the honor and all the praise. So He missed out on glory, and you missed out on joy. You know why? Because you lost focus. You took your eyes off the Lord and you put it on your issues. Watch this. But you're, you're, you're in good company. Psalmist did it too. How many of y'all are in Psalm 73? <laughs> Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart, isn't he? But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I was in a bad place, he says. I I, I was in a bad place. Why? For I was envious at the foolish. When I... What you looking at them for? When I saw... What did he see? The prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. First he says, I I don't like they're being blessed. I don't like their prosperity. Secondly, I don't like that you're not doing something about it. Come on. So now he's not just angry at the people that he don't like. Now he's angry at God. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Now watch what he's saying. In those verses right there, in a, in a matter of ten verses, in a matter of ten verses starting in verse number three, do you realize that he uses the word they or there ten times in thirteen verses? I wonder where his focus is. Some people get on Facebook just to mind everybody else's business. Shall we continue? Now watch what this made him feel like. Watch what this made him feel like. Verse 13. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say this, or if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy people. When I thought to know this, it was too for me. What's he saying? I'm wasting my time. Here I am being good. Here I am going to church. Here I am reading my Bible. Here I am saying my prayers. Here I am trying to be a good citizen. Here I am trying to do my best of uh, uh, what God wants me to do. And I'm, I have issues all the time. I have problems all the time. Then I turn around and see brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. They ain't nothing but hypocrites. They'll sit in church and sing and sing and sing. And I see what they do outside of church. Ain't nothing happening to them. All they ever do is bless them. 
Yeah. And it just hurts my soul. When you look at it that way, it does hurt. Until, the psalmist says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down to destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors? As a dream, then one awaketh so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my... In other words, he said, boy, then I got under conviction. So was... Say it all together. So... Everybody say it. Not only was I foolish, and... Look at your neighbor and tell... No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Some of y'all been wanting to do that for a while, and you ignorant? No, I was foolish, and I was ignorant. I was ignorant. Then he, then he realizes reality. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom I have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. My portion forever. You may tell you what he did. You may tell you what he did to change his attitude. He got his eyes off in people and got it back on the Lord. You know what? He was mad because of the prosperity of what he assumed was wicked people. But not only that, he was mad because they were not being punished. Now let me say this, because this is going to be kind of tight. Mind your own business. Watch this, watch this. Even when somebody does you wrong. Watch this now, watch this. Look at me now, look at me. I'm going to lose some of you right here. I'm going to lose some of you right here. Do you realize their punishment is none of your business? How do you know? Because Jesus said, vengeance is, saith the Lord. And you know what we'll do? Somebody will do us wrong and we'll stew on it. We'll stir in it. We'll have an attitude about it. And we'll just keep on thinking about it. And what we've done is taken our eyes off Jesus and gotten our eyes on that offense and that person. And all we can do is think about that person. You want me to tell you the sad thing? All those nights that you sat up all night long thinking about them, they ain't thinking about you. What am I supposed to do? Keep your eyes on Jesus. What are you supposed to do? Do like Stephen did. Do like Jesus did. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Keep your eyes on Jesus, because when you keep your eyes on Jesus, even if they're still throwing rocks, you'll see Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father, standing up on your behalf. Retaliation is not your business. Whether God blesses the unjust or the just is none of your business. What God does with the church down the street is none of your business. What God does with the minister down the road is none of my business. What God does with everybody else's ministry is none of my business. My business is to follow him. Keep my eyes on him. If he takes me to Coleman, if he takes me to Zimbabwe, if we have a big church, if we have a little church, if we have a big ministry, a little ministry, follow him. Follow him. I'm over time, but let me, I got to give you this. I got to give you this. I got verses about being a busybody. <clears throat> that means being in everybody else's business. Being in everybody else's business is very frustrating. Trying to be what you're not is very, very exhausting. I found out this. I can be me better than anybody in the world. 
But if I try to be Jalen, if I try to sing like Miss Trina, it'll be a mess. I can't be nobody else. And you know what? If I follow Jesus, if I follow Jesus and just trust him, no matter what he's doing with somebody else over here, no matter how much he's given somebody else over here, if I just trust him and follow him, I will find out that whatever he decides to give me, whatever he decides, wherever he decides to lead me, man, I'll be as happy as a fat baby in a phone booth with a pocket full of quarters. Say amen. I'm going to give you an illustration. When I was, and I got to hurry, I got to hurry. When I was living in Florida, I, I was working, I was working at a golf course. Been working there through high school because I, I found out I, I liked golf when I was a junior in high school, but I found out I was poor. <clears throat> and if you're poor and like golf, that's not a good combination. So I went and got a job at a golf course so you could play for free. I don't look real bright, but I'm smarter than your average bear. Amen. And so I worked through that golf course, and, and, man, I had a big time. And all I could think was being the superintendent. Went off to Bible college, come back, was helping Dad for a little bit, then his assistant, and, and, I, and I had a job. I had a job at the golf course, got paid decent. The hours were great. Go to work, come home. No worries. Didn't have, you can leave it at home. Or, excuse me, leave it at work. Y'all with me? They can't get but 8. 3 o'clock, boom, we're going home. That was great. But all I could see was superintendent, superintendent. Oh, that was so great, so appealing. I want to be the superintendent. The other superintendent left. Guess what? I got the job. What was I thinking? I never could go home. All times of the night, I was called to have to come back up there because the pumps had quit running, something happened, had to fix this, had to be that. Constantly, nobody's happy with the greens, nobody's happy with the tees, not cut high enough, not cut short enough, everybody's got a problem. I don't care what the money was. I found out being able to go home at 3 o'clock was great. But you know, God knew that. But he let me have what I wanted. To let me see I didn't want what I wanted. And what he's saying is just trust me. Get your eyes off everybody else. What is that to thee? It don't matter what I've got planned for somebody else. All you need to worry about is what i got planned for you. And if you'll focus on what I got planned for you, it's, it's unbelievable. I've told you the story about Atlanta and wanting to be in a big city and all that. Man, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm living in a house. I literally can kick my dog off the back porch and coon hunt from my driveway. Say man. Who can do that in Atlanta? Tell me, tell me, tell me. And God knew that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Years and years and years ago, an old South Florida, just an old South Florida redneck living on the beach, God had plans for North Alabama. And happy as can be. What's the point? Quit looking at everybody else. Quit looking at everybody else's positions, their jobs, their prosperity. What you think? Even when somebody does you wrong, quit worrying about it. It's okay, I'm going to leave that up to God. Do y'all realize God's belt's bigger than yours? Why should I leave to them? Because God can slap them harder than you can. And get away with it. Amen. Preacher, you don't know. It seems like God's just... What is that to thee? Follow me. Follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Learn of me. Lean on me. Trust me, he's saying. Trust me that I know what I'm doing. 
Trust me that I know where I'm taking you. Trust me that where I take you, it is going to be the greatest thing you could ever experience in your life. But it never will be as long as you keep comparing to what he's doing with someone else. What's the point? Stay in your own garden. Stay in your own garden. Because sooner them cute little tomatoes going to turn red. Y'all with me? Let's stand. Let's stand. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, this is that easy preaching stuff and hard living. Sometimes it's so hard not not to lose focus. Lord, it's so easy to get our eyes off of you and get our eyes off of your direction for our life. Get our eyes off the purpose that you have for us. Get our eyes off the provision that you have for us. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to remember Father knows best. Help us to stay focused on you. Help us to stay focused on you. I pray that your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a verse of invitation if someone needs to come and get saved. But I want to do this. Here's the the invitation. Here's the invitation. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to find a place in the altar and just thank God for what you have. Say, what will bring joy in my heart? Beginning to be thankful for what you already have. Thank God for your little tomato. Thank God for whatever it is that you have. Thank God for whatever he's already doing in your life. Because I'm telling you, the moment you begin to be thankful, the moment you begin to show appreciation, and, and altar workers, you just let them get, give them room all they need. I promise you, it'll change your attitude and it will change your life. It will bring joy in your soul. As we sing, Brother Jalen, as we sing. This is the invitation. You come. Alone and left to die, Have you been thankful lately? Often criticized. Have you told God how grateful you I are and what He's done for you? And lies. Have you thanked God oh, for your situation? Has changed Have you thanked God that He's brought blood. you through so many issues in your life? So many things Since in your life. Oh, get your eyes off of your situation, Since your circumstances, and look on Him. Look on Him. Focus on Him. Sing, church. If you're not praying, sing. And hope is falling sing. from the air and reaching. Preacher, but you don't know how bad it there. is. Yeah, it could be worse. Screaming quiet. It always no could be worse. Cares. I might as well have Where would you died. be now if God